His first attempt with those long strides. Marshawn Brooks to the rim. Big finish, Marshawn Brooks. Good attempt. Couldn't get it to go. Darting down the floor, Marshawn Brooks. Brooks fires and hits a three. Marshawn Brooks looking sharp. Have another pick. Stackhouse. Hello, Brooklyn. This is Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, Episode 10, Black and Boozed. Oh, man, what a poor finish for the Nets tonight, guys. Uh, yeah, the Nets lost today, uh, tonight, 92-90. We just watched the game. Here I am with co-host Justin and the greatest guest host of all time, Anton. What's going on, guys? What's going on, Enoch? Oh, up, up. Heartbreaking loss. Heartbreaking loss. Heartbreaking loss. Uh, you would think after our, our, our big win uh, last night in Cleveland, the Nets would come out a little stronger, but that was not the case as we lost a nail-biter in the end with Brooke Lopez missing an in-and-out open jump shot. Almost yeah. almost a three-pointer. Uh, that, was ha- that was halfway down. Almost a three-pointer. Uh, what do you? Get, what was your take uh, on the that um, on that Bulls game? Just since we just watched it re- right now, uh, like I said, it's just you know, uh, real uh, real heartbreaking loss. They uh, they're up 15 at one point, and uh, you know Bulls just kept chipping away, chipping away, and um, unfortunately, I mean D Well just you know stepped it up, took it to the next level. But Brooke Lopez, on the other hand, um, you know. Possession after possession, just was not able to convert down the stretch, and uh, you know was, you know, cost us the game. There was, uh, yeah, there's so many factors uh, go into that loss. What do you, what do you take from that, Anton? Uh, well, you know, it was actually encouraging at first when the when the game started. Nets came out like they had something to prove. Um, they wanted to take advantage of the undermanned Bulls, who were missing Joakim Noah, Derrick Rose, and uh, Taj Gibson. Also, Rip Hamilton and uh, I think Marco Bellinelli didn't play, but I think they're more minor pieces in the Bulls' um, defensive schemes. So I think they actually came out pretty good. The problem was they just had a back-to-back uh, coming off uh, an away game in Cleveland. So I, I think their legs probably got a little tired at the end of the first half. We saw the Bulls kind of chip away in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. I think Brooke Lopez... He did great in the first first quarter, scored 18 points, was like 8 for 9 from the field, and then you saw him kind of wear down as the game right. progressed. So right. I think it was probably just a, a combination of fatigue and just a lack of focus in the end. Yeah. Um, in terms of Brook Lopez's performance, I know he had his chance to tie the game, but there are some factors, like you said, fatigue, uh, that led to a couple mistakes. Justin, what do you think of... Uh, his last couple plays that cost him to to uh, be uh, maybe maybe the goat of the game. You know, not the greatest of all time, right. but like an actual goat. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, um, yeah, uh, yeah. No, a couple of those key. I mean, key moments on this I, down to the end of the game. I mean, we were up one. Lopez posted up Nazi Muhammad, 
had, you know, not the greatest position, right. but just picked up his dribble. Um, you know, then looked for Darren Williams at the top of the key, wasn't open, right. and then tried to kick it to Bogans cross court and just threw the ball away. Right. And, you know, pivotal play, and then right back other end of the court, Nate Robinson, you know, comes storming down. Um, there's a switch, and Lopez just doesn't help out, and uh, Nate Robinson is just a, you know, a step ahead of, of Lopez and just puts up a floater. Yeah, I mean, uh, we ha- we definitely had a shot to win that game. Um, I think a couple of the factors that we lost this game was rebounds on the boards, definitely. We lost the battle 46-30 to 30, uh, with Reggie Evans playing like a monster the last couple games. I don't know how we were able to not rebound the ball as well this time around. Boozer had a monster night, 29 points. Eight, 18 rebounds, and we got boost. We got boost. We got boost. <laughs> we got boost pretty got bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure Nets fans were boost the whole game after watching that, <laughs> that performance. So, um, but yeah, uh, I I think another factor is Joe Johnson coming into the game for the first time in a while. Uh, we haven't seen him play, and he was looking flat early on, but he uh, he definitely looked. Uh, Toward him, like like himself, towards the end of the game, a little bit making those open threes. He wasn't driving that much, though. What do you guys think of Joe Johnson's uh, performance? Uh, I thought it was somewhat of a promising performance. He knocked down three of his six attempted three point field goal shots. Um, I think that's pretty good. I don't. I didn't like what I saw from him the first shot he took. I think that was when he had caught the ball in the baseline. Uh, he pulled up for a fadeaway right. three. In the and corner. Yeah. Yeah. Right in the corner. I didn't like that. Um, and then, but later on, I, I liked it when they actually ran some plays where Joe Johnson was more of a catch and shoot kind of guy. I think that he's more comfortable when he has a little bit of daylight right. as opposed to kind of just isoing and then pulling it for a fadeaway. Um, so I did like the fact that Darren Williams was looking for him, and Darren had ten assists, so he definitely had a had a good um, had a good assisting night. But Joe Johnson, I think you know what he he was not bad for a uh, comeback performance right. and um hopefully in the future he can continue to look to get more used to uh playing within their offensive schemes right and uh you know i thought i thought like just the way we'll get to the Cavs game in a little bit but the way marshawn brooks played last game i would think marshawn brooks would play a lot more uh this game and it looked like they favored joe johnson to just get his minutes back up um but you know, uh, it was a hard-fought game. Unfortunately, now we lost. The Nets lost the tiebreaker. Uh, the Bulls have three wins. The Nets have one. So that means if they're tied, we don't we don't get the tiebreaker. And at the point right now, I think what we're two games up on them. Right. We're, we're number four, and the Bulls are number six um, after this after this night. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, one other note that I did want to bring up about this game. The, the Barclays Center has a new recycling signs on the court. <laughs> We're going green, guys. Going green. And apparently the Bulls don't care for green because those eco-friendly uh, NBA practice jerseys the Nets were wearing, the Bulls decide not to participate in that and wear their bright red. You know how much that costs to make? And how many, <laughs> how many, how many shirts? I don't, but I'm just saying. Uh, I guess Bulls don't care about recycling. <laughs> care about trampling the Nets. All right, moving on to the Nets-Cavs game from last night. Um, this was a blowout performance by the Nets. They came out, uh, I think they were winning by, I don't know, Lord, I, I can't remember because the lead was so high. The lead was like 30-something points at, at some point, right? Um, the final score of that game was 18-95. Uh, a lot of 
a lot of points in this scored by the Nets. Uh, great performance. Top performer was Marshawn Brooks, 27 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. Marshawn Brooks passing the ball, guys. Look at that. Uh, what do you guys think of that, that performance last night? Yeah, no, career game for Marshawn Brooks. Um, absolutely just lighting it up. Um, even actually showing some defensive on the other end of the court, too, which we're not used to with Marshawn. Um, usually, you know, he's a little he slacks on the defensive end, but he stepped it up on, on both ends of the court. Um, so, again, career high. And like you said, we were hoping that he would step it up again this game and, you know, put up obviously not maybe to that extent, but right. something along those lines. But um, against the Bulls tonight, it just, just did not execute the same way. He only got 10 minutes, too, uh, last I mean, tonight. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, I mean uh, – Cleveland was coming back with uh, one of my favorite NBA players, Kyrie Irving, uh, and he came back for his first game in a while. Um, for the Cavs, I guess, are just not really a good matchup for the Nets. What do you What do you think of uh, of the matchup last night, other than the spectacular blowout by the Nets? So, Anton, I mean, I think that the Cavs are a team right now with not much to gain. Um, they're just kind of looking to incorporate Irving back into their offensive system, and also just. They're, they know they're out of the playoff picture, so they're kind of just going through the motions right, right. now. Unless they're going to play like a great team like the Heat or the Lakers or like some nationally televised game, it's it's going to be tough to uh, extrapolate a lot of effort from from what we saw last night with the Cavs. So, you know, kudos to the Nets and kudos to Marshawn Brooks. Hopefully he can get some more minutes within rotations going forward. Yeah, we ended up the circuit ship 5-3. and three. I think that's a positive note. But then tonight we lost, so 5-4 and four, uh, for the last nine games. So. Also career uh, historical achievement with that win against the Cavs All as right, well. 21 right. road wins for the Nets. Such a great, great accomplishment. Hello, franchise record. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And also a big milestone for Darren Williams, Justin. What happened last night? Uh, Darren Williams actually had... First dunk of the season um, after you know struggling uh, to get any lift with the, with those ankles. He's uh, actually showing it last night. Throw up a dunk and actually tonight against the Bulls um, tried to throw down against Boozer um, with a Until highlight Boozer, yeah. highlight yeah mm-hmm. like a one handed uh, you know slam. But Boozer decided to give him a little shove, a little, and, uh, little forearm there, a little forearm. Because Boozer was not a, Boozer was not about to try and get uh, himself on a poster. They're Miami not vacation buddies, but apparently when it comes down to getting flushed on, no, not so much, no. not so much. But Darren Williams showing that extra you know pep in that step and you know taking it to the hole now, and that's something definitely promising this at, at this point in this stretch in the season. And speaking of dunking, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the first quarter, but Reggie Evans was on a dunking spree two dunks in a row in the early in the first quarter and Reggie Evans does not know how to dunk usually that well so uh but also stack attack there was a dunk by Jerry Sackhouse yes. last night uh big he's rocking those feelers maybe maybe that's that's the reason he was difference maker get, right there yeah, there it is the x factor <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the um the Nets were able to clean up the cast last night and lose tonight um, but yeah, that brings us to uh, that recaps both games. But it brings us to some some Nets talk, some NBA talk. Um, I want to bring up this topic because now that we are in the fourth seed with the Bulls and the Hawks closing in on us, uh, the possible matchups between either teams, uh, all three teams, either the you know Nets play the Bulls, the Bulls play the Hawks, or the Hawks play the Nets. Um, the notion of tanking for six. <laughs> Has came to my mind. I, I now I would never want the Nets to lose in general, but a lot of teams do this in the playoffs. Like when the playoffs are coming towards the end of the season, they'll they'll lose games on purpose so they could play the opponent they want to play, and they'll limit their players 
playing. I could see Daryl Wallace, Joe Johnson, uh, Darren Williams even uh, getting a lot of rest uh, for playing this, getting the sixth seed and avoiding, um, you know, either Chicago and, and the Hawks, but also looking to the second round and avoiding Miami at the one seed. So what do you guys think of that, Justin? Yeah, no, um, you know, personally for me, I'm thinking if we, if we drop to six, that would definitely benefit the Nets. I mean, end goal for any team is to make an advance as far as you can in the playoffs. And for the Nets, and for anyone really in the Eastern Conference, that's pretty much staying away from the Miami Heat as long as possible. And uh, by taking to the sixth seed, um, you know, you're playing the three seed, but then the winner of that um, plays uh, the winner of the two seven. So you're actually avoiding a heat mat, a potential heat matchup right. until the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. So I think ultimately, from the Brooklyn Nets standpoint, you know, um, as it stands right now, if assuming New York stays at the two seed and the Pacers stay at the three seed, if Brooklyn drops to six, we're playing the Pacers, and uh, you know we're two and zero against them this season. We we beat them in Indiana, we beat them in Brooklyn, um, both pretty solid victories. So I think that would be a good matchup for us, and again, that would set us up for a non. Looking ahead, a non you know heat matchup until potentially Eastern Conference Finals and a Knicks potential Knicks matchup second round. Right, right. Battle well, of the Burrows, bring well, it back. As as the season ticket holders we are, uh, that would be one negative for that. We wouldn't get to see a home game immediately if we were a six seed. This is true. We wouldn't have home court advantage. Um, but Anton, what are your takes on that notion? Yeah, I agree with Justin to the point that you want to get as far as you can in the playoffs, but I'm going to have to disagree about tanking just to get the sixth seed. I think it's it's kind of a, a cheap move to begin with. You don't want to just be resting your players for the sake of resting your players. You want to still go into the playoffs with some sort of offensive set in mind so that your players have something to go with while they're while they're heading into the playoffs and also you don't know exactly how you're going to do against Indiana with just a two game sample size throughout the season. I think too much can go up in the air. Indiana is actually on fire right now. They've won 5 in a row. New York on the other hand has won 10 in a row. So going through the 3 and the 2 seed is is pretty unlikely. Um what I see as very likely though is Brooklyn possibly taking out Atlanta or even Chicago if Chicago still banged up at the time. And I see that happening even if Brooklyn were to not have home court advantage. If Brooklyn were to be the fifth seed and either Chicago or Atlanta will be the fourth seed, I can see Brooklyn taking out both of those teams in six games. I think Atlanta will be the easier matchup simply because they don't have the guys that will really right. rough you up on the inside. But with you know, when you got guys like Reggie Evan, Andre Blatch, and Brooke Lopez, like we saw tonight, they were they were competing with the Bulls front lineup for the first half and I think the second half was really when they kind of got a little tired but you combine that with uh, the playoffs where there are no back-to-back games and the fact that Joe Johnson will be more acclimated to the offense by then I see I see a very favorable matchup for the Nets if they were to play Chicago and one one quick game note we actually end up playing the Pacers one more game we play them next Friday April 12th Right. Um, so to get a little bit that sample size a little bit bigger, we'll have a, a better idea. Obviously, by then, if we're taking, we're taking. If we're not, we're not. There's only three right. games left in the season after that. I mean, playing Indiana in the first round could mean that we could see the whole Parks and Recreation crew at the game. You know, <laughs> Amy Kohler, Z. That itself may be worth it. I know. I mean, Roy Hibbert's a star. He's got some connections. So that would be exciting. Maybe they'll come to Brooklyn for an episode. Who knows? Um, Speaking of taking, really quick, so... What are you guys' thoughts? Do you think the Celtics are, uh, you know, taking a little bit now? Pierce out, I think, last game for personal reasons. Mm. KG's been out. Right. KG's been practicing, but not actually playing. Right. 
um, are suiting up for the Celtics. I, so. think, I think Pierce was sampling some uh, some wheelchairs for the playoffs, <laughs> just seeing which one he wanted to, to, to cry to, on. To cry on, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. When he, he goes down, he goes down in style, right? Yeah, and then when he gets back up, it's usually four minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is good. This wheelchair is good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I don't have any uh, any quals with uh, Boston tanking. And playing Miami in the first round because I think that's exciting for every NBA fan right. considering what they went through last year and the, that epic game six in Boston where LeBron came in town down you know two three uh, and then tied up the series. I think I think that's a great robbery and I, th- I think this could maybe be the last year of that. Who knows? I mean, KG's talking about retiring. Yeah, he's hinted at that um, a lot this season. And um, you know, Pierce taking time off. He, he said that if KG's gone, he doesn't want to be part of a rebuilding project. The one you know great thing about the Celtics strength right now is Jeff Green. Uh, I think I just saw a tweet that Doc Rivers is keeping Jeff Green in the lineup when KG comes back. So, uh, I mean, they're, they're a team that's kind of like getting it together for like maybe the 10th or 12th time figuring out their lineup with so many injuries that they had to go through and now they're getting more chemistry but they're just tanking. You know, it doesn't make sense. You know, a team that can play well together but they're tanking. I think they're doing. They could be doing it on purpose to play Miami because they feel they're a better matchup. Because we right. saw against the Knicks, uh, I think it was it two weeks ago, uh, where the Celtics played the Knicks, Carmelo and the Knicks are just too strong for them. Right, but that's fine. That's pretty uncharacteristic of the Celtics against the Knicks because they usually step up their game against the Knicks as right. well. They've right. had some monster games, especially in MSG. Right, Pierce is just just. Has a tendency to go off. He's gone yeah. off for forty in MSG. And, it, and Mello and J.R. Smith know the rivalry of just what New York versus Boston means in general. Whether it's Yankees, right. Red Sox, or Patriots, Giants. He said, anytime we can beat a, a New York, can beat a Boston team. It's important to New York. So, uh, yeah. What do you think, Anton, in terms of the Celtics and what what they're doing? Yeah, that's what that was one of my theories uh, as well. Un- until I saw last night's games that went on, um, Boston actually beat. Uh, Detroit right. in Boston. Yep. Sometimes I feel like the, the home teams, even if they're tanking, they might not try to lose at home because you're trying to cater to the fans and those are the people that are bringing in revenue for right. the most. But uh, yeah, Jeff Green went off last night in Boston, 34 points. And um, you could tell that Doc Rivers is really trying to like, he's trying to ready groom him for uh, the playoffs as they expect Rondo to not have any uh, minutes mm-hmm. during the playoffs. I've seen YouTube clips of Rondo actually shooting practicing during warm-ups one-handed shots one-handed shots yes but no lateral right. movements obviously right. ACL tear you're not going to get back until next season at least we did see Rondo play with one hand or one arm we, we saw that yeah. yes last year last year uh, so. so I mean we've seen stranger things but I really don't think Rondo is going to play I think because Rondo is not going to be handling the ball as much you'll see Jeff Green take take control of the ball more and if if that is Doc Rivers' plan I see the Boston Celtics not losing too many games the rest of the way just because they're going to try to incorporate Jeff Green into the, the system and they're pro- they're probably going to end up winning against some of the inferior teams that are already out of the playoff picture right. whereas Milwaukee the team that they would have tried to replace as the 8th seed Milwaukee lost last night to the Minnesota Timberwolves the Wolves are not making the playoffs this this year in the west and um I guess Milwaukee just didn't have enough to even beat a team that didn't care too much right now so uh i don't know it looks like boston will have to go out of its way to tank and milwaukee is going to have to win some games that they you know obviously will they would not yeah they want to evade so Uh, but like speaking on that as as a heat fan would you 
think that would be a good matchup uh, against the Celtics? Do you think they could just take him out like quick, just no regard, not even worrying about the Celtics? Or no, I think it's, it's the Celtics are definitely going to give the Heat trouble if they play in the first round. Right. Celtics, Bulls, Pacers, and Knicks are the four teams that the Heat want to avoid if possible up until Eastern Conference Finals, which is actually really possible if the Knicks and Pacers are 2-3 right. in any order, and then the, the Bulls and the Celtics are 6-7 six. Six, in yeah. any order. They right. won't have to play any of those teams. They would love to play the Nets, Hawks, or Milwaukee, First two rounds, and especially with Reggie Evans, I was talking junk to LeBron. <laughs> yeah, um, he's, he's and the Heat have not lost the Nets in yeah. I don't know how long. And, j- and just one more note on the I mean, the Celtics, their schedule. I think last last seven games of the season, you got Cavs, Wizards, Magic, Raptors. Right. So not only they're gonna have to if they want to attempt to tank, they're gonna have to try to tank pretty hard because those right. teams are pretty bad. Right. <laughs> Well, uh, in relation to the Heat, I don't think they're worried about any of those teams because they're they're having fun in Miami. Having Chris Bosh had a Moroccan themed party where apparently everyone just stepped up as a Moroccan and which, brought camels. And there's a camel <laughs> at this party, but although you know Chris Bosh looks like an animal camel. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. I mean, it's probably dinosaurs are slowly like being uh, related to camels, right? They evolved like somehow from so. some form. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. uh, I'm surprised Chris Bosh isn't on the cover of the cigarettes yet. So, um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I, th- <laughs> I think that Chris Bosh deserves celebrating his birthday and getting robbed any time of the week. You know, apparently he lost three thousand uh, four hundred and three thousand four hundred three hundred three hundred forty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Uh, so uh, happy birthday, Mr. Bosh. Yeah, like a Bosh, <laughs> like a Bosh. Uh, I got, I got, I haven't brought this up in a while because the Nets haven't been home. Uh, but I got the Hove note of the game. You guys, ready? What do we got? Uh, Hove likes his Yankees. Uh, he signed Robinson Cano recently as a sports agency. Uh, he was not at the game though, so that, those are my notes of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we got for that. Thank uh, you, Hove. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jay. Um, but yeah, I think that wraps up our NBA banter and our Nets talk. Uh, moving on to our uh, heated robbery between Justin and I, it's uh, Nets trivia with Enam oh. and Justin. Anton, we need, some, we need some theme music to, uh, to to bring us to intro us into this uh, trivia, you know, like a conch cell. Like, uh, <laughs> you guys watch, you know, uh, what is that show on HBO? I can't believe I don't know this Game Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, ta- taxi ga- cab confessions. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know the conch cell. Conch cell sound when they oh, undead yeah, are crossing. Right, right. Yeah, we need, we need that sound. Yeah, I'm not gonna sing it. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> All right, anyways, um, so you guys ready? Yes. We go. Which laptops oh, down? No, last, no Wikipedia here. Yeah, you know, I'm calling you out for last time. <laughs> <laughs> Which past Nets player is currently already in the Hall of Fame? Okay, is it A. Drazen Petrovic, B. Jason Kidd, C. Kenny Anderson or D Bernard King. So last time I let Enam get the first word. Okay, so Wait, we're not doing first. We're not doing absolute first, first winner first take all. We're yeah. doing we'll let both totally. guys. So answer. should we write our answers down so uh, someone can uh, piggyback off the other person's answer? I uh, I already have my answer. Or should we whisper it in uh, Anton's ear here? I have my answer. I, <laughs> I got my answer, answer too. All right, go all ahead, right. Justin Petrovich. I'm gonna go with Bernard King, Brooklyn's own Bernard King. Bernard King is Brooklyn's own and definitely played for the Nets, and he was actually nominated in 2004 for the Hall of Fame, but he did not get in. Damn! It's Petrovich. Sorry, 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 Brooklyn, I failed you. (laughs) Boom! The first authentic, true point in trivia. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, it was Drazen Petrovic. Uh, can't hate on Drazen. Drazen's one of the best nets of all time. Um, but yeah, that's... What does that make our score? 1-1? One, one? Uh, I think that's 1-0 me, okay. but nah. I mean, who's counting? 1-1 asterisk. Okay. Hey, man. A win's a win. Um, but yeah, so we have... Uh, for Next coming up in the schedule, uh, we have Saturday night. Bobcats, which uh, a couple of our buddies from Connecticut will be coming down watching those UConn Bobcats play. Yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun game. Definitely, uh, gonna get liquoring up for that one. Oh, yeah. yeah, we're gonna get black uh, and boost. Now, no longer are we referring to booze as booze <laughs> for the rest of the remainder of the season after what booze we'll, are we'll did say to our buddy Kemba, uh, good old UConn alum there, and Jeff Adrian and. Uh, I forgot the last one, Ben Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long, Ben. Yeah, it's been too long. And then we got Philadelphia on Tuesday and at Boston on ESPN on Wednesday. So that's a good big game right there as well. Uh, but, guys, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, Anton, thank you for coming on again, doing your thing, you know, even though – you're still a Miami Heat fan. Hopefully you've been persuaded by watching these Brooklyn Nets games with us, huh? I mean, there are certain yeah, players I, I kind of like. I saw you cheering for them tonight. I did. I, saw, I was, I I was you jumping very, up the castle a little bit. I was very happy when Joe Johnson hit the go-ahead three right. uh, with two minutes to go. You're rooting for Joe, but you just don't like him shooting. I, yeah, I don't like him shooting fadeaways. Shooting yeah. shot. I don't like him <laughs> shooting fadeaway threes. Yeah. <laughs> but, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, please tweet us at Brooklyn Rebound. Uh, we're also at Gmail, Brooklyn Rebound at gmail.com and our website is brooklynrebound.com. Guys, you got any more or less second things to say? <laughs> Good night, <laughs> Brooklyn. Good night. Good night, Nets Nation. Peace think, out, Brooklyn. Conch shell. Conch shell. I think, I think those are words of wisdom right there. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, from Pros- Good night from Prospect Heights and good night, Nets Nation. Peace out. Rebound. 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 Rebound.